Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Watford 3, Liverpool 0. So it was bound to happen. Um, we were all, in a way, hoping for the Invincibles, but you know, Liverpool lost the game. Uh, odds are eventually you make it through the season with a loss. You know, There's only ever been one team that didn't. Uh, personally, I'm actually okay with it. I'd rather look at the Champions League and uh, the EPL title more than the Invincibles. Yeah, I'm less concerned about the loss, more concerned about the performance, and most concerned about the performers, namely Lovren. So I, I think everyone can just acknowledge Lovren is not um, not the player that we need to move forward. Uh, I think that's been made absolutely evident. Uh, this was probably one of those Lovren-like games, which are why he's just no longer a first-team player. Um, the one that I found more interesting was not so much Lovren's play, but how Lovren's play affected uh, Virgil van Dijk. What, what? So in the way that I feel like Virgil van Dijk played almost a different game than he normally would, just because he knew he had Lovren there instead of Gomez. So I remember there was a, a play in the 10th minute where uh, Lovren's man beat him, and Lovren was essentially tracking back to, to get to him. And Virgil came across to help him, except Virgil left two guys in the middle that Genie was racing back to cover. And we would never see anything like that. Like, he would never be that blatant. He'd kind of play more positional with Gomez, and he'd expect Gomez to get back and make a decent play there. Do you think that Van Dijk knows that Lovren is an inferior player? Do you think that when he sees Lovren's name on the team sheet, that he thinks to himself, here we go again? Or do you think that that's just something the fans make up? So I would say, given a play like that, it tells me that he knows. I would also ask you, when the players see Lovren go on that sheet, do you think that affected the rest of the players? So I, I think you can see instances where it affected Van Dyke. Um, for example, in the 30th minute, Van Dyke slowed the game down to let Lovren get back into it um, because he was out of position. So stuff like that he never has to do for Gomez. Um, I would argue he never even has to do for Matip, but he clearly had to do for um, Lovren. Do you think other people were affected by Lovren being there? I think so, but I don't know if I'm biased because as you would have heard, or at least our audience would have heard in the first episode of our podcast, I was pretty scathing about Lovren and his position in the team. Um, but that's because I've been watching him for the past six years, and this is what Lovren does. He has three or four good games in a row, and then he has one or two calamitous games like this, where he's, he just it seems to, to want to play his own game and, and ignore the fact that he has teammates and, and um, defensive responsibilities. He just wants to prove a point to himself that he's a better defender than the attacker that he's marking. At least that's how it comes across. Well, I mean, he must have had those good games in practice, um, and that's why Klopp put him in. But this was one of his calamitous games. Um, I would actually say it was really interesting. Um, in the second goal, um, I think Virgil van Dijk momentarily forgot that he was playing with Lovren because he kind of kept the line and stayed a bit higher. And then when the guy got behind him... I think he anticipated, oh, Gomez is going to be there, which Gomez would have been there. Then he saw that Lovren 
was coming, not Gomez. And that's when he kind of kicked in the, the speed and tried to catch up, but then it was too late. I saw that momentary hesitation that he would have with uh, Gomez. When he plays with Gomez, he knows Gomez has the speed to cover in behind him. And I think that the second goal was an example of him forgetting it was Lovren, where there are other instances in the game where he remembered he had Lovren there and he played much more biased to Lovren's side than he would normally play with Gomez. Do you think that Klopp instructed Lovren to play Troidini that close? I I think he has to. I mean, Lovren's probably not going to win a foot race with the guy, but uh, for all of his faults, Lovren is going to outmuscle and outpower guys. You know, so I would I think so. I mean, more than Gomez. Uh, Gomez is actually doesn't look it, but he's actually quite strong uh, on defense and strong on the ball and strong when he's going shoulder to shoulder with a guy. But I think in terms of just a raw jostling for position, uh, Lovren, when he decides not to like bear hug guys um, and play them properly, he's actually got quite a bit of strength to push guys around and, and keep them away. Right, but that's the issue. Is 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 that needed in this Liverpool team? Is that the type of central defender that we need, or have we evolved beyond that? So I w- I think Gomez gives a great uh, balance there, where he's got all of those other skills plus some strength, maybe not Lovren's level of strength, um, but clearly he thought that Lovren was the right guy over Matip. And I don't know why. I don't understand why. By all accounts, apparently Matip's healthy and ready to go. So I, I can't believe for the life of me that he put Lovren in. But there it is. I mean, the one thing I will I will give Lovren, I mean, I think a lot of people have been uh, uh, pretty down on him. There were a few instances. I can I actually jotted them down. The 25th minute, 39th minute. Um, good headers by Lovren to push the ball out. And I feel like those are headers that Gomez doesn't get to. I agree. That's that's one aspect of his game that um, Joe Gomez has to work on, or maybe is deficient in, is is heading the ball. So the long ball um, going to the opposition target man, Gomez would jump for it, but he inevitably loses it for some reason. But with Lovren, he typically gets the headers that he goes for. But my problem is that he steps up too much. So not. Every time does he have to stand right behind the defender and 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 try to win the header? Because if he loses it, then that's it. Well, it's interesting with Gomez. If he loses it, he'll catch up to his man. With Lovren, if he loses it, he's just completely screwed, basically. So I would agree. I think he needs to stand off his man a bit, but also more for the sake of uh, variety. Like I think guys when they're playing Gomez, uh, sorry, when they're playing against Lovren, they know. All you have to do is get that header and or let the ball bounce over both of you and you've got Lovren beat because he seems to do the exact same move every time and it's just like, you know, try something else, show a little variety and you might actually get guys thinking about it, but I don't think he's there. So, okay, that's enough about Lovren. What else happened in this game? So one of the things that kind of um, got to me was uh, on the third goal, it was Alexander-Arnold's lazy pass back. Um, and I was kind of like, you know, frustrated by it. I mean, again, you're already two goals down. You don't need something like that. But then I kind of started rewatching the game and I noticed, you know, it wasn't just him in the 14th minute. Uh, Salah had a lazy pass back in the ninth minute. Mane had a lazy pass back. I think it was just across the whole team. I think the team is maybe tired or mentally they weren't 
sharp and I think there were a number of lazy plays or plays that you know this is not typical Liverpool play and that's kind of where um, you know this team differed from other days honestly I don't know what the problem was I just know that I've seen that performance from Liverpool before but not from this particular version of Liverpool it the last time I've seen them play this poorly was last year against Napoli in the first leg or in in in, in the the first game against Napoli in Italy that's the last time I've seen them play this poorly well I mean it was a game where let's be honest Liverpool played as poorly as they can play um, Watford played the perfect game for them um, and it just it didn't turn out for us and and there are going to be days like that uh, one of the things that I did want to uh, comment on because I want to put a feather in my own cap is uh, there was a breakaway in the 46th minute um, and the guy took a shot from just outside the box and uh, anyone who listened to our last core podcast or looked on our uh, website and saw my article you absolutely do not score on Allison from outside the box and obviously he did not score from there um, it's it's just phenomenal Allison even with breakaways and everything else he's still will not let a shot in from outside the box and guys are just so scared of him stopping it that they're missing even on breakaways from outside the box it's absolutely phenomenal something tells me that after this game a few more plays will are going to have a little bit more confidence um, coming up against Allison potentially I'm hoping that with uh, Gomez coming back that he'll uh, help dissuade them I mean uh, you know again this was a clearly not a standard Liverpool defensive effort and uh, you know hopefully we're gonna look better in future um, again I I didn't like the effort I didn't like um, how they played I didn't like uh, the laziness and all that here's a question for you how much of all of that the effort uh, the lack of cohesive play all of that how much of that is they're worn out and tired slash they know they're going to win the title anyway so it doesn't matter versus um, Hendo isn't in there yelling at them which one do you think it is I think it has to be a combination of the two um, if, if you ask me to choose one I, I would pick Henderson not only for his position in the team but also for being the captain I didn't really see in a team full of captains so one thing that we prided ourselves with with this Liverpool team in the past is that they're a team full of captains. So you have Van Dijk, you have Wijnaldum, you have Lalana, you have Milner, you have um, Robertson, and of course Henderson. Uh, Henderson was removed, and all of a sudden, there was nobody on the field acting like a captain, and that was kind of telling. There was no leader on the field, and so, and even Klopp on the sidelines didn't seem to be offering much encouragement so you know what's interesting I think I see Van Dyke as a fantastic defender and I think what makes him such a phenomenal defender is the exact thing that makes him maybe not the best captain um, he is uh, very calm and he knows how to you know um, he knows how to play and he knows how to not panic and he knows how to do whatever needs to be done on defense but that does not 
translate necessarily into being a captain. Uh, being a captain and calm is probably not the best way to go. Um, Henderson's like clearly, um, you know, going crazy all the time, yelling at guys, pushing guys, cajoling, all of that. Clearly the team is responding to them, uh, to, to that type of behavior. And that's definitely not what Van Dyke brings. Uh, I don't want to question his leadership. I think he's a great leader, but I don't know if maybe he's as good a game day leader. Whereas maybe you take a guy like Milner, who I could see him yelling at guys and pushing them more. Uh, maybe that's more of a leader than a guy like Van Dyke, at least on game day. Yeah, what we lacked was character, quite frankly. Um, I, 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 didn't, I just didn't see any character. I didn't see any character. I didn't see any characters. I didn't see any any interest. Sorry, that's maybe that's the wrong word. I, I, I just didn't see any passion and desire until maybe the last 10 minutes and even then it was it was it was patchy because the game was already lost but it was as if the players realized we, we can't lose but we also can't lose like this but at that point it was too late do you think they've gone to the point where when the opposition scores a goal maybe even two they're so not panicking that they're also not i, I don't want to say not caring but they're so confident in themselves that they're like, eh, it's not a big deal. I mean, after two goals, they should have been, you know, going absolutely crazy. The press should have been, you know, harder than we've ever seen. And they should have been uh, scratching tooth and nail to get that goal back. Like we'd seen maybe in other games or like we saw in last year's Champions League final. After we gave up the first goal, uh, sorry, not last year, two years ago to Real. After we gave up the first goal, they pushed and pushed and pushed till they got a goal back. Uh, this team doesn't seem to have that type of mentality, or at least they didn't um, for the game. Yeah, and and um... so so I don't know. I'm I'm wondering is the season tiring them out or whatever? But I, I think I will agree with you. I think it's Henderson. Um, for all that people have said about him and all of the negative about him, he is clearly the leader and the identity of this team. Um, the effort that he puts in and the fact that he won't let anyone else slack off either. I think I think we're seeing now, you know, Liverpool has lost uh, two out of their last three games. And I would question the effort and maybe not desire, but passion for sure. I would, I would question that in the game. And, you know, for all the people that criticized Hendo over the years, I think they, uh, they kind of got to eat it right now because I think he's the difference. Yeah. And and I think there's so many things happening. Uh, we can't forget about the the after effects of a midseason break that we've seen this club club team go through every single year. And it may just happen that this is the time for the slump. And we know that they'll dig themselves out of it. And hopefully, we're still in the Champions League by then. Well, they do usually have the slump in like January, February. Uh, so maybe a slump is just part of kind of the Klopp experience. He just kind of wears you out for some reason. And now we're seeing the slump at the end of February, beginning of March. Maybe that's what we're going to see. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think there's a number of things going on. The other one would be uh, Fabinho. I mean, he was off for a while. And, you know, the when he joined Liverpool, he needed kind of half a season to get going. I hope that he doesn't need half a season to get going again because he did not look like himself in that game. 
And, and, and I think he may be a player that just needs longer to come back from an injury. There's some players that are injured and then they're back in the team and they, they don't miss a beat. But with, with um, Fabinho, this is his first major injury in the Liverpool team and maybe this is what to expect. Perhaps he needs a month or two to, to regain his form. And unfortunately, his, his, his time has, has coincided with Henderson being out. And so our, our midfield is a little bit out of balance and, and not consistent in, in terms of the personnel. So here's a million-dollar question for you. Say for the next game, Hendo's available. Okay, not the FA Cup game, but the next, the league game. Hendo's available. Do you put him in your defensive midfield or do you leave Fab there? You mean his first game back? Just if Hendo's available, would you replace Fab right now? Well, obviously I would play two of them, but if I had to choose between the two, I would pick Henderson. Yeah, I, I think I feel the same way. I mean, Hendo is, um, you know, maybe last year or, you know, at the beginning of last year, he wasn't really that good in the defensive uh, midfield position. But this year, when he filled in for Fab during that injury, he really took it on and he did a great job. Um, I agree with you. I think in the offensive position, he'd be good as well. But I just, I don't know. Fab seems a, a step too slow, a beat behind. I don't know what it is. Um, hopefully, he can work himself out of this funk sooner rather than later. Uh, at least for, uh, for if, if nothing else, for the Champions League game, because we need that one. And I don't think Hendo's going to be available for that one either. So, uh, you know, hopefully they can put in a, a better effort going forward. And this is just a one-off. Total side note, but I'm calling you right now. We're going to lose against Everton after Atletico. After Atletico, but are we going to beat Atletico? Yes. Uh, would we rather lose to Atletico or lose to Everton? I think we can allow the, the Evertonians to win one game. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually okay with Everton winning just because I'd rather proceed further in Champions League because uh, of all the money associated with Champions League. And frankly, we've won the league. I mean the the chances that we lose it are, are astronomical at this point. So, I mean, losing an EPL game is nothing to me because if we're not invincible, why not lose two or three? What's the big deal? So I, I would be fine with the Everton loss and the Atletico win is the one that I'm really going for. So, I mean, this game, it's a one-off. We're uh, hopefully uh, next league game, we'll, we'll get it back. And, uh, you know, this is a mini slump that we seem to always have under clock. And we just move forward and uh, on to bigger and better.